The Provoke Podcast, brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers. Provoke podcast. I am Diana Marzalek. I am senior reporter with Provoke Media. I am here in New York and I have a guest visiting us from Miami, uh, Natalie Bowden, who is the founder and CEO of Bowden the Agency. Welcome. We're very happy to have you. Thank you. Wonderful to be here, Diana. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm happy to. We have all kinds of things to talk about. Um, as we discussed in a little precursor, warm up to our podcast, <laughs> we were discussing about the, um, I'd love to lay the groundwork of the agency itself, because you have a very specified, very unique sort of focus of your agency. And that is exclusively, as far as I understand, the Latino market here in the US, correct? Absolutely. Yes. Very, very proud to be focused 100% on this, on this market, on the US Hispanic domestic market. Uh, it's something that I've been incredibly passionate about for many, many years, and it's uh, what many people say the biggest blind spot of American companies today. We've uh, two, you know, over two trillion in purchasing power, sixty million Hispanics, a great diversity, and really the future of of any brand. So it's it's fun too. Other than in business, it's a fun market to be in. And I'm from Honduras, born and raised. I immigrated here to the U.S. So it's it's really it, it, for me. I always I'm always grateful that I can get up every day and and work in a market that I love, which is wonderful. And how are you seeing from you started out before this was in the consciousness really of business to the degree it is today. I'm assuming you tell me. Um, so I'm wondering how the evolution of companies and brands are both in terms of um, viewing that market, of trying to reach that market, of maybe respecting that market. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a great question. I think the many companies are on on many different journeys as it relates to this market. You have some brands that fully understand the market and its diversity. I'll give you a couple examples like McDonald's or PepsiCo and in full disclosure, they're two of our clients. And there are some that, that are starting their journey or mid-journey. It's, But I think what's happening today that's very, very different is that every single brand that we know of understands the power. And not only understands the power, they understand the fact that you can't market and invest in them in one blanket way. And I'll give you an example. When we talk about best in class in this market, we talk about micro segmentation. So an example is PepsiCo. PepsiCo invested $50 million in Hispanic small businesses a couple of years ago in a campaign that we developed called Juntos Crecemos, Together We Grow. They saw the power of micro segmenting this market in terms of reaching the Hispanic small business owner. And even within that market, they developed an initiative that we helped them bring to life that focuses specifically on the Latina small business owner. So called, and that campaign is called Jefa Owned or Owned by a Latina Boss. So micro segmenting is very, very important. But when you start the journey, you start to look at your brand and say, all right, what are we talking about here? What, what amount of individuals are we talking about? 60 million or just over 60 million? What's their total spending power, right? I mentioned, you know, over 2 trillion. Um, 
and, see, and growing to 2.6 by 2025. So you start big picture, but brands that are on the way along on their journey are already looking at the micro segmentation of this market. So there is room. I mean, obviously there's room is what you're doing and you're an expert in it. And I'm sorry that I'm hopefully we're going to edit out some of this <laughs> lawnmower that's going out outside. <laughs> don't worry. I don't hear anything. I don't hear anything. Okay, I don't think our listeners do either. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> I'm very conscious of it. <laughs> It's um you have this segment and you have this um you know fantastic market that you're marketing to and the micro segments and yet at the same time we're talking a lot about agencies incorporating different communities diverse communities right Hispanics included as part of the bigger audience correct so there's room for both I imagine I mean when you do mainstream campaigns you can't do mainstream campaigns without including Hispanics in that target. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, I, and I'll, there's absolutely space for, for it all. And what's very exciting is that there are agencies, there are brands that are looking at this market more than more than ever before. But to reach the Hispanic market is to reach a multicultural market and you and they are mainstream. So even when we look at campaigns, some of the insights that are driving larger campaigns are multicultural insights. When you're talking about reaching youth, in this country, which the vast majority are multicultural, multicultural descent, uh, whose parents came here, or they might be second, third generation, those insights are driving, quote unquote, mainstream campaigns as well. So there are many campaigns that are Hispanic, if you will, but that can work across many, many segments mm -hmm. in the US. But back to the, the attention that agencies are giving these segments, I think what's really important is to understand and to really live this market every single day. We live it, we breathe it. Um, and sometimes we find that agencies might say, hey, let's hire two Hispanics and they're going to work on the Hispanic campaign. <laughs> Again, you have to live and breathe and really and, and be committed to it in, in more ways than one. But it, it is certainly an exciting time that diversity and equity and inclusion is it's just part of the larger strategy and it's coming from the top i mean we always say i mean and we see now i mean we were with at a pepsico summit a couple of weeks ago and we were with leadership it's coming from leadership pepsico's ceo or globally us ceo they're committed and then you have another tier within the company that's committed so so you certainly need leadership and the entire teams inside to really understand what it what it means to reach this segment. But it doesn't mean that when you reach this segment, you're not going to have a halo effect on the quote unquote mainstream when the mainstream is multicultural. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes, it makes sense. There's plenty of work to go around. Yeah. Um, have you noticed, I mean, really a a marked difference in the attitude, even in people that felt, even in brands that felt they had buy-in early on? in terms of an understanding, in terms of a acceptance, in terms of, of, of this market, um, seeing it in a different light or? Yes. Yeah. I mean, we, we, the answer, the clear, the direct answer is yes, absolutely. There is, there's, there was a lot more education in a couple of years ago than, than today. Um, even when you look at certain moments in time during the year, like a Hispanic Heritage Month here in the US, there's a lot of attention during those moments in time, right? That we didn't see before. But where we are headed and where it's the right way to head 
is that we are marketing and investing in this segment all year round. So mm -hmm. think about it this way. If you're a brand and your target is moms, you don't only market to them on Mother's Day, right? right? So when you have a purchasing power this big and a potential to future-proof your brand with the fastest growing segment in the country, you want to do it all year round. So you're seeing, again, companies coming in early on in their journey and starting to tiptoe, starting to test, but then you're seeing a lot of companies just saying, answering this question, how can we invest, market, reach, and build the trust of this segment from January to December? Mm -hmm. And that's an exciting moment to be in. And that's the moment that we're living in. Which is exciting. Um, mm -hmm. Which you also brought up moms, which is a perfect segue to one of our next topic. <laughs> um, because this is a passion point of yours. Um, I read that Latina magazine, you are a power mom of three. Congratulations on being a power mom. Um, and you are an author of a book. And you are focusing a lot on um, the powers, the the feeling you call it mammiverse, right? The Latina, the world of Latina moms. So yes. perhaps you can tell us a little bit about that. We're happy to talk about your book and then also the findings of some of the studies you did with the mammiverse and what Latina moms now are for brands and, and their power that they wield in particular. Sure. No, wonderful. I mean, it's we, you and I are both both moms. It's certainly a passion point for any any parents to to see their children grow and be and be committed. And and it comes with its fair share of challenges. Um, I'll start by saying that one of the coolest things to be able to form and build an agency is to invest in the next uh, generation of talent. And and that's young talent. And then that's talent that's coming in that's diverse. Um, and continuing to invest in them. And that's one of my biggest passion points to continue to invest in our talent. When we look at the the segment that is our parenting and all the parents and the moms in our, our segment, it's a segment that has a lot of challenges. You know, when we become mothers, when we go through, through that, it's very, very different. Um, and when we talk about mothers who work outside the home. And I almost hesitate when I say working moms, I always say all moms are working moms and all moms are entrepreneurs. We all manage things in different ways, whether inside the home or outside the home. You look at a lot of guilt. There's a lot of guilt when you go out to work and not you don't spend enough time. And there's all this whole guilt factor. And the insight that we captured, and it's not even insight based on a ton of data and but it's that one insight that we found that was that was truly magical in the sense that dads don't get asked the question, dad, why do you go and work, right? right. But moms get asked that question because of the gender roles at play, children are asking their parents, their moms, why do you work? So the book that I wrote answered the question, mom, why do you work? And it's a young girl who takes her mom the, excuse me, the mom takes a young girl on this journey of why she works to collaborate with others, to make her own money, to inspire others, to make a difference in the world, et cetera. And it's in an illustrated storybook format, and it serves as a tool for moms to read to their children, should they get asked this question. We had an overwhelming amount of support. Um, it, all the support is going back, to, all the income is going back to uh, Step Up, uh, an organization that supports women and girls. But I was really overwhelmed by the amount of moms and that can, even dads as well that said I'm buying this because I you know my wife deals with this it's been an overwhelming amount of, of support we've received 
I, I cried a couple of tears as well with some of the messages that we got, but it's, it's built around that insight. Um, so when we talk about Latina moms and diverse moms here in the U.S. and really globally, the challenges tend to be even larger where we are expected to be at home or we're expected to do a certain thing. I'll tell you a funny story. I don't cook at all. I'm terrible and I'm, and it's, and it's, and I find myself apologizing. Yeah, you're breaking all, breaking all the rules then. Next book is mom, why don't you cook? And that's the next one. That's the next one in line. But it's, it's the funniest thing because Seth, my son once, and he's, he must have been about 10 years old. I started to whip something up for him in the kitchen and he was probably like, what the hell is mom doing in there? <laughs> and and then he turned to me and said, jokingly, right? Or I think jokingly, stop trying to be a real mom. Oh, and that was like, excuse me? And I looked at him and he's like, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. So what do you mean by a real mom? You know, mom, the yeah. cook and et cetera. I said, all moms are real moms. You can imagine the little, you know, what yeah. answer I gave him. But um, that premise for Latina moms is bigger. There are more stereotypes of what we should look like, how we should act, whether we should work, whether we should be at stay at home. And the Mommyverse, the report that we released right after the book release, talks about that. The stereotype, who is a Latina mom? She is as dynamic as the media that she follows and it engages with her. She reads in English, she reads in Spanish, she reads parenting, she reads health. So she's a very dynamic individual and segment. Who is a Latina mom at home and who is a Latina mom at work? How is she defined? She's like, she's career focused. She's helping contribute to both her home and the economy. It's a driving economic force in this country. So it goes into many, many different, you know, sort of myth busting of who it is, who that Latina mom is and how we can invest in her. But the, the going back to the book, that is one of the insights. That and that's why the book was written in Spanish as well. Because, and I don't want to interrupt you, but we didn't yeah. say the name of the book, and I want all our listeners uh, to have the plug. <laughs> I'm sorry, sure. it's a big question. Okay, now please go on. You were yes. talking about Sasha's, Sasha's big question, and our big question is, "Mom, why do you work?" Thank you for that. Yes, Sasha's big question, is, and it's named after my my 15 year old Sasha. That she's the one that asked me that question many years ago. Um, but yes, I mean, at at the end, and there's there's so many challenges that that diverse moms face because of the stereotypes or because of what she's supposed to do or not supposed to do, to do Latina moms specifically, that understanding this segment very well, if you're a CPG brand, if you're a QSR brand, if you're a retail brand, understanding how dynamic the segment is, is very, very important. And there's so much beautiful storytelling still left to be, to be you know, un, like tapped into. Mm -hmm. um, for this segment so yes I won't go on I'll go on forever with all the all That's the what we're here to talk about Sorry. so go on <laughs> I found interesting but, uh, when I first read your premise of the book it's it's not about we spend so much time talking about logistics of being a working mom you yeah. can't get everything done is it possible to do everything who does the household stuff even though you're sharing in the work stuff all that stuff but you go down to the center thing of being a mom which is guilt right it's, yeah. really, it's, <laughs> it's you can't just, win that is that yeah. is the one that that's the insight that's built upon. I mean, guilt. You feel guilt at work. You then you feel guilt at home. <laughs> and then you feel guilt with your health. And then you feel and I saw a cartoon once. I thought it was brilliant. It's a little cartoon. It's like a comic strip. And it was just this one image. And it was a woman going to sleep and the man going to sleep, right? This couple's going to bed. And the little thought bubble 
in the woman's head was, I, I forgot to do this. I didn't do this. Um, tomorrow I've got to get this done. Oh, I should have been better at this. And then the male thought bubble was, I'm awesome. <laughs> I did great. And it's, and it's just the way we're built. We're built that we want to do more. We want, And so I think it's so important to have those tools, simple things, right? And that book is just a simple tool. Okay, mom, why do you work? Let me tell you. And usually it's at that age that those questions start, six, seven, eight, nine. It's that age. Because when they're younger, they don't really realize. And when they're older, you know, we were both raising and have raised teenagers. They're like, whatever, mom, do whatever you want. I, you know, if they talk to us, you know. But in that age group, they're like, mommy, why, why do you work? And so the guilt is more overwhelming at that age. So this is just a simple tool to answer that that question and and those are some of the simple insights that many brands can start to uncover with latina moms that will help them break through break through and talk to them in a way that's that's different and talk to them away uh, we did some work right now as well with pepsico's with frito-lays excuse me maria's gamesa cookies um around latina moms and and the study revealed this sense of perfection that mm-hmm. latina moms not only from society but from their own families, or I would say from our own families, and how it's important to dispel that myth that we can't be perfect. So that's one, you know, and we, we've we launched a series of podcasts, um, Cafecito with, with Maria, cookies with coffee time, and just put together women to discuss these virtual village of Latina podcasters that you can join and listen to on all of these struggles. So that's just one layer. There's so many layers that you can peel and build stories around to reach Latina moms. The book that that we wrote um, is just one. And that's not even for only Latina moms. That's for all moms. Again, it goes back to what I was saying that an insight that you build a campaign around a Latino-led insight can be a campaign for more than a Latino segment. Absolutely. Because everything you're saying, I mean, I I go through, everybody goes through it, but is there, um, I mean, there are cultural, I, I, I wrestle with this too, because you want to break, you want to bring out these insights, you want to break through the stereotypes, you know, all that stuff that everybody deals with, right? Yet these are cultural things that even we internalize, it's not like men are telling us everything, whatever, but these are cultural norms. And some of it is just also I don't want to say gender roles in terms of like the stereotypical gender roles, but when you're a mom, you're a mom, right? It's different than being a dad, I think. Um, I mean, these are these are bigger than these are things that don't change overnight, right? I mean, this takes discussion. I mean, or maybe they don't change to some degree. Maybe they adapt. I mean, I don't know how you find that with Latina moms. Like, is 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 it acknowledgement? Is it trying to change the conversation? It is about flipping, flipping the script and changing yeah. the conversation. And that goes, and it goes back to our, uh, the Hispanic market in general, in that it's, it's a long-term investment and things and, and social impact is, is just one of the many ways that we can invest and continue to market at the same time to them. We have, I'll give you an example with, with McDonald's as well. McDonald's, there's an initiative a scholarship that they have and have had for many years called ACER that supports Latino students across the country with scholarships and as well as education and just inspiration to have them apply to go to college. Um, 
And so all of that is built on the insight that our Hispanic market needs support. There's a social impact initiative, but at the same time, you're you're building that trust, that long-term trust, and you're and you're driving that trust to the brand. So to your question of so how like how can we flip that script? That's short term, is that long term? It's a long-term play. I don't think think what we as as marketers and communicators are responsible for is really identifying those needs, those social problems, those insights. And it can be something very big that we're trying to solve or very or something smaller that we're trying to solve. But there's a big need to solve so much in our in our segment. But yeah, I mean it's it's not an overnight. It's not an overnight. <laughs> I'm going to just hearing about it. Yeah, it's just acknowledging it. I tell you, some of the, you know, no one wrote to me saying you're changing the world and the way we operate. You know, you reached me. Like I, I've, I've thought of this so many times, and you put it into the most simplest of terms, and you develop, you know, quote unquote, a, a tactical, creative way in that just reached me in such a, in such an important way. You're talking to me. Um, and I think that's what we need to continue to look at in our segment. Our segment is so diverse that you can't say, you can't, you don't launch a campaign saying today we're going to target a, a white segment, right? <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> that the, the marketer will ask, but what about this segment and, and which segment of this segment and what are their passion points and what is your, how does your product align and how are you, are you solving for a larger purpose? Same thing with our segment. I'd like to reach, you know, the 2 trillion Hispanic segment. I want to future-proof my brand. Mm -hmm. I want to reach these 60 plus million individuals. So then you don't go and launch a Hispanic campaign. We start to answer questions. What segment within that segment, what are we looking at? What are their passion points? And what kind of beautiful storytelling can we do to reach them and speak to them in a way that no one's ever spoken to them before? Yeah. And that the book, in a, as, as small as we thought it was, was speaking directly to a segment especially the one in Spanish to, the, to a Latina segment that hadn't been spoke to in that way before, right? So yeah, you're talking about this for hours. <laughs> I, I think it's fabulous that you did this. Um, you know, and, and all these Latina moms have children. So we're looking at now the younger demographic coming up. You know, we're talking about Gen Z. These are kids, presumably the children of these that are most of being raised in the States versus... Yes. Okay, I want to make yes, sure. My, it's my absolutely. You you hit it on the nail. You have a Latino youth segment that's driving culture today. I mean, just I mean, our our listeners can't can't see the cans right behind me, but we've got a set of Pepsi cans that are right behind me that celebrate Latino music. Um, celebrate Norteño, cumbia, reggaeton. It's an initiative that we uh, campaign we just launched for PepsiCo in the metaverse with a with a core next level you're in the metaverse in this very different i just talked to you about the pepsico junto crecemos small business initiative mm -hmm. and the way we launched that and 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 i can go go into that in a little in a little bit the way that was launched and the initiative creative way in is very different than how we reach latino youth with these with this uh, latino music initiative 
right? Um, they're driving culture. I mean, Bad Bunny is the most streamed artist in the world. I mean, Latino music is driving culture. It's, it's, it's soccer is, is driving sports. But what we eat, Latino ingredients, even Latino ingredients in larger uh, products and drinks, et cetera, are all, we're driving a lot of the culture. So yes, it's very different when we talk to, okay, we're going to reach Latino moms. Mm-hmm. Okay. That is very different than, okay, we're now going to focus on Latino youth and, and who they are and what they're driving. Hey, many Latina moms speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. A lot of Latino youth don't speak Spanish. They don't speak it fluently. They speak Spanglish. Mm-hmm. my kids. My Sasha like, hey, mommy, eh, can you take me to the salon? Like, can you take me to the, get my garden, <laughs> right? Like, you know, it's just it's, this, my, my Spanish teacher in Honduras would like paint. We were taught a, a, a be- I mean, I don't, when I write in Spanish, I don't miss one accent on anything. We were, the grammar, everything was type purist. You talk about the purists in yeah. our kids. Right. They just speak, they speak English with a little bit of Spanish. And it's funny when they leave their, their home, sometimes even people ask them in other, Sasha gets asked in other parts of the U.S. Where are you from? <laughs> Miami. You're from the U.S. Well, you have an accent. And that's because we're surrounded by Spanish. It's beautiful. I mean, if you came and visited me in Miami mm-hmm. and I take you out to where I live in Miami, which is Doral, mm-hmm. it's all Spanish speaking. Right, right. When you speak English, people look at you like, who are you? Where, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's, you know, California has 15 million Hispanics. Florida has 7 million Hispanics. So there's just so much beauty in how our kids are growing up. Absolutely. Right. It, it sort of begs the question though, but do they want to be targeted as Hispanic kids or do they just want to oh, be- they're so proud. Are they? Good. No, no, they're, they're so, so very proud of who it's, it's, there's been a transition culturally in the last 20 years, whereas before you almost hid that mm-hmm. you're Hispanic or maybe at home, the Spanish wasn't spoken as much because you want to assimilate today. Our children are incredibly proud of speaking Spanish. Many kids are asking their parents, why didn't you speak, you know, teach me to speak Spanish younger? It's like, they're proud. They're proud that their music, so so that when they go out to other parts of the US and my daughter plays volleyball and she knows all the lyrics cool. to a Bad Bunny, Shakira. <laughs> Bad Bunny right? is the theme. Could... <laughs> yeah, it's a, more, like, it's cool. They're, they're absolutely embracing it. Which is fabulous. It's fabulous. And when a brand embraces it, when a brand embraces it, they're like, hey, thanks. Thanks a lot for embracing it. Like I tell you, the the Pepsi uh, campaign was incredible. There were 400 cans that were available. And like, I don't know, I think it was six, 7,000 that uh, that went into the metaverse for this dance class to get the cans. I mean, it's, they, they, when you nod to that segment, they appreciate it because they love their culture. Right. They're not hiding it at all. And and brands, obviously, a PepsiCo has a, has is is very far evolved. Um, is there still a lot of work done to be convincing brands of the importance of this, or are we reach are we beyond that at this point? Do do brands get brands it? are pretty much under? They absolutely understand the power of the market. They, they, it is still called, um, and the founders of Latitude called it uh, 
this term last year and I loved it, the biggest blind spot in corporate America, the Hispanic market. And that's because there's so much potential. I think they absolutely all understand that this is a market that's important. I think what's still happening is building the internal teams to service this, this brand. Like how, what are the, taking a look at who are the Latino leaders in your corporation and where are they? Do you have Latino leaders in your marketing communications departments? Do you have Latino leaders in your C-suite? They're taking, it's, it's really neat to see how those questions are being asked. Then do you have the right agency partners or even internal agencies built, right, to support you? Are you asking the right questions and bringing in the right research partners? I think there's still opportunity with that journey. And once you get to creative output, is are you telling the right stories? And lastly, are you investing the right amount of funds into this? Um, it's very difficult to go into a segment this important and this large and put a very small amount to pilot, right? Mm -hmm. You want to, if you want to start to pilot, you want to be very mindful. And it's not that I'm going to say a magic number. There's no magic number, but we want to be mindful of taking those right steps. Again, coming from the C-suite, finding the right research partners, finding the right creative agency partners, and then finding the right teams internally that are going to continue to drive this year in, year out. I think that's where the journey is at the moment. The, the journey of this is an important market and we must reach it. I think we are beyond that. Okay. It's, right. what is, we got a call from two very large global brands last week um, that were just asking that question. Yeah. Just in that segment, like this market is important because it's a new CEO mm -hmm. and a new, a new CMO is at both of the brands. So they're starting to ask the right questions. It's coming from the top. It's That's the beauty of it. It's not being driven from the bottom. It's coming right from the top. Right, so in five years, we could have a, a way more evolved. I, I absolutely believe that we're going to be incredibly evolved in, in the next five years Excellent. absolutely it's there's such a, a wind of change inside the corporations even latinas in corporate america leading marketing departments being their ceos they are cmos so you better believe that there's going to be a huge huge change because they come from the market so there's anecdotal as well like you see all the data but there's nothing better than hey I live this. I live in a multi-generational household. I shop as an experience with many of my of my shop with my grandparents and my parents. Um, as a Latina mom, I struggled with this X and Y. As Latino youth, I grew up and I found that brands didn't talk to me. So with that coming into the C-suite with a strong leaders with business acumen, it's it's a recipe for for really for greatness in terms of our segment. Excellent. Well, that's a good um, positive note <laughs> to end our discussion on. But I appreciate that positivity and the work you do and the enthusiasm and your support of Latina moms. So um, we will keep in touch with all of this. And I appreciate you taking the time. To Thank chat. you. Thanks, Anna. This has been great. Thank you so much for the opportunity. You've been listening to the Provoke podcast. Brought to you by Provoke Media and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers.